stand and sing with us. We're going to sing Lion and the Lamb, that our Lord is, uh, he's both fierce like a lion, but he's gentle like a lamb, and he is coming back for us. Amen. Can I get some guitar?
sin of the world His blood breaks the chains Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb Oh, every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb Oh, the lion and the lamb Welcome, everyone. We're so glad you guys are here. I'm glad you guys are joining us here at Chapel Grace. And I just want to remind you, our mission here is loving and leading all people to find and follow Jesus. So if it's your first time here, um, we have these Connect cards. Get connected in the front of the pews. You guys can fill those out. Um, we'd like to just get to know you a little bit better. Um, you can, I, Actually, if it's your first time, I would encourage you to bring it to the welcome table at the back on your way out, and we have a welcome gift we'd love to give you. Um, maybe you just have a prayer request, or maybe during the, the message, God just speaks to you and you want to share that. Um, you can fill that out as well. You can drop it in the tithes and offering box in the back. Or again, like I said, you can bring it to um, the welcome table. Um, so I just want to go over a few quick announcements. Um, so we have coming up quickly, um, September 4th, Growth Track kicks off again. So if you haven't done Growth Track, um, it's a four-class um, sessions, four sessions of classes, I guess, for, uh, that we have. And it's going to start on September 4th. We'll meet Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Um, you can come and see me if you haven't done that. It's just a great way to just get to know uh, more about what we're about, what we believe and then also bringing you into um, not only becoming a member, um, but get you serving and um, just becoming a part of the family. Um, so we'd love to have you for that. And then on Saturday, August 27th, um, Mops is having their annual kickoff. Um, it's, they're going to be watching Monster Zinc movie in the back lot. Um, and that starts at, or the gates open at 7 and the movie starts at 8. So make sure you uh, come and join them for that. Um, and then Wednesday, August 31st, we are having a tri-tip dinner fundraiser for the ladies' retreat that's coming up. Um, we have tickets, so if you'd like to purchase a ticket for the tri-tip dinner, um, you can see any of the ladies that are going. You can see me in the lobby on the way out. Um, and make sure you get those tickets. That is next, next week coming up. Yeah. On next Wednesday. So make sure you get those tickets. I'm like, it's a great night not to have to cook. So, <laughs> um, and Jimmy Ramsey is cooking our tri-tip. So I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Um, and then we have youth group has resumed. So they are back in session. So their junior high is meeting on Thursdays from six to eight. And the high school is Sundays from 6 to 8. Um, and then don't forget we have family camp coming up. Mark your calendars. That's November 18th to the 20th. Um, we will be getting more information out to you. It's going to be at Camp Jaeger, but we would love for everyone to come and join us for that. Um, and then right now, um, as Grief Share is getting ready to kick off, 
I have Miss Mimi. Oh, there she is. <laughs> Miss Mimi is going to come up and just give you a little bit of a testimony about Grief Share. Good morning, everyone. Um, it's not hard. I mean, it's hard to be in front of everyone. It's, you know, I'm still shaking and uh, nervous, of course. Um, my name is Mimi Lawrence. I want to come here to just let you know that um, what bring me here to grief chair. So first is um, in the year of 2000, mid of 2019 and 20, as many of you know, that are dealing with my cancer. And during that time, my father-in-law was in my house for hospice care. So it was gonna be hard for like, you know, to take care of myself and take care of him as well. Then um, he passed away on April 23rd, which also happened to be my daughter's sweet 16 birthday, actually, sweet 16 birthday. Then a month, uh, a month later, my mom passed away, and I'm not able to go to her funeral because of the pandemic, and I still have to do my chemo treatment. My grief of loss of my loved ones is heavy in my heart and mind. I don't have time to process the Lord, but I am thankful for the grief share program that is available to me during that difficult time. Grief share is a wonderful way to help mend the grieving soul and wounded heart due to the loss of your loved one. After all, I have been with grief share every 13 weeks cycle. I am pleased to say that I'm feeling stronger and I'm ready to moving forward in my life. God has led me and gave me an opportunity to work alongside with Grandma Betty, who uh, bring the grief chair to our church, and Jens Morris as a grief chair co-facilitator in honor of our Lord. Grief chair helped me and also can help you too. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. It's Matthew 5, 4. And um, I invite everyone who um, struggle with the grief and uh, come and join us and share with us and um, learn we can get strong together and, and be support one another. So thank you so much. Have a great Sunday. And just to point out on that slide that September 6th is when Grief Share starts up, and it's going to be here at the church from 6.30 to 8 o'clock. And uh, I've actually, actually went through the material myself, and very encouraging, and just the fellowship you're going to be able to have with, with uh, some of these solid people in our church to walk you through it. We invite you to stand. We're going to continue to worship our Lord this morning. Let's pray and prepare, ask him to prepare our hearts.
Father, we thank you so much that you are in charge and that you hold our lives and the lives of our loved ones. Lord, you're everywhere at all time. Um, no one is out of your hands. No one is out of your reach. And so we thank you, Lord, that you are not like us, that your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And you have the ability to take the hard times in our life and turn them for good, to strengthen our character, to build our hope, Lord, and to unite us as a church family as we comfort one another with the same comfort we've received from, from others. We pray, Lord, that you would be glorified this morning, that you would be high and lifted up. You are, may you be our, truly be our treasure, Lord, our all in all. In Jesus' name, amen.
every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Holy. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Jesus, the name. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. I will build my life upon you. I will build my life upon you. I will build my life. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation and I will put my trust in you. Open up my eyes in wonder. 
Jesus' the name. Jesus' the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. God, we want to live for you every day. You deserve every song, every breath from us, Lord. You are great, greater than we can even wrap our minds around. And we want to sing of your greatness this morning together. And we want that song to ring out that we choose to follow you, that we choose to trust in you. The splendor of a king Let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great! me how great is our God all will see how great how great is our God age to age he stands time is in his hands beginning
everybody. I'm going to have a seat again today. Hopefully this will be like the last day I'm standing, sitting down, but who knows. We'll just see how my leg goes, gets long and other things. So it reminds me to tell you thank you for praying for me because there's a lot of things going on in all of our lives and you guys are so busy and that many of you took out time to pray for me as I was going through some things. I don't know. I haven't talked about it a lot, but I was in pretty, pretty bad shape there for a little while with my, uh, my blood sugar, not my blood sugar, but my my vitamins and all those things, they were really out of whack. And so the doctor, had, and then there were some other things I couldn't eat. And so the doctor had to go do, redo my surgery. And uh, so finally on the other side of that and looking good. And I can eat chicken now, chicken and turkey, and I'm happy. If you have to eat Jello your entire, for like three weeks, four weeks, whatever it is, you'll hate Jello. I don't even want to see Jello again. So, but you got to touch those things. You got to do what you got to do. But a lot of you prayed for me, and it's really what got me through it all. So, um, yeah, anyway, I just want to make sure I said that because I don't think I've talked about it at all. Um, and it's just one of those things that I don't want to keep it secret. It's just, I just don't think about it. Just don't bring it back up. So as far as, like, not the prayer part, but uh, about what's going on with me. So, And while I'm thinking about prayer, we got a, a good, good friend of mine, Chris Carpenter. He just had surgery on Wednesday, right? Back surgery. He had to have his, his spine fused. Uh, same thing, similar to what Kelly had done several years ago. And so he's uh, at home recuperating right now. He actually has to go back in and have a second surgery, I think he said on the 30th, so um, I guess it's like a two-parter, I'm not really sure. And then, uh, so just be praying for Chris, and uh, if you haven't already, keep praying for Joe Creel, if you know, if you know Joe, he's, uh, he's doing amazing. It's, it's, we thought he was going, he came home on hospice care, and guess what, he's, I don't know if he's still on hospice care, but he doesn't need it now, he's, he's been up and walking around. I just saw him the other day in his wheelchair with his, uh, his son-in-law and his, his, his son, Walking down, the, walking down the road, and he, of course he was in his wheelchair, but he, he looked great. He's talking, you could tell he was talking and alert, and it's amazing what God can do, isn't it? It's amazing how God just heals somebody, just brings them back from the point of, you know what hospice means, right? Hospice usually means they're not going to make it. They're, usually it's the last, keep them comfortable. Well, he woke up one day, started talking again, and he said, uh, I don't want any more uh, morphine. And so he quit taking morphine, and then after that, all of a sudden he just started lighting back up again and coming back to... Uh, coming back and talking, and, and he actually got up and walked and went to the living, in the kitchen and sat in a chair. It, if you had seen him, this is such a miracle. I mean, I was there with him. I didn't think it was going to be the end. Of, I thought it was the end of all because you were just talking to him, and Jared was there with me. I just can't say enough about it. It's such an amazing thing. So uh, keep praying for Joe and his family, and that's such an amazing thing. And then uh, I wanted to address camp real quick. Camp is coming up on us uh, for camp for... We, set, we, call it, we call it family camp, but it's really not just for families. It's for church family. It's for everybody. Um, it's for everyone that wants to come. We just like the word family because we want everyone to feel like family when we're together. So it's going to be at Camp Yeager. And just so you know, we've decided to make it $50 per person, which is very affordable. That's, that's very affordable. And then uh, and $150 cap for families. So because some people have a lot of kids in their family, like we had four, and it was always like, man, 50, 50, 50, you know, it's a lot. So we decided to cap families off 150 and everyone else is $50 per person. So uh, that, we want to make it affordable. We don't want to make, we're not in this to make money at all. We're in this to be there for one another and be a part of things together and do all of those things. So that's why we're going to do that together. 
So that's the November 18th through the 20th, right before, I guess, you, I guess school goes on break the next Monday, right? The following Monday. So uh, it's right before uh, Thanksgiving. And so that's a blessing because that day was, at first I thought it was uh, all blocked out and then they had it open again. So we got it. We got it. We're going to be there. So let's pray and uh, jump right into our message this morning. So Father, I just want to thank you for this morning. Uh, I pray for clarity of thought today. I pray, Lord, that as, as, I, uh, as I speak your word, as I preach your word, I should say, uh, and as you use me, God, would you just empty me of myself and fill me with you so that the words that come out of me aren't, aren't necessarily for me, but they're from you. The words you want for everyone here to hear and for me to hear. God, uh, I pray that uh, your word would make a difference in people's lives today, including my own. Um, your word changes me every time I read it. It affects me. And so, Lord, I just pray that it would do the same for everyone here and those listening online. And God, just guide and direct us to uh, in, in every step that we take. And Lord, as we think about living for you, God, how, how difficult it can be in a world like we have today. But your spirit is there with us and guides us and directs us. And so, Lord, I just want to thank you for that. And I do want to pray for, for Chris and pray that you'd be with him as he's healing, his back is healing, God. Just uh, bring him back to full strength. And Lord, he, when he has to go back in for surgery again, Lord, just keep him going strong. And thank you for his, his dear wife and his kids helping take care of him. And Lord, I just pray that uh, on the other side of his surgery, Father, he'll be feeling so much better and so much stronger. And uh, I want to pray for family camp. I want to pray for, ch I'll just call it church camp in November, God, that uh, many people would want to come to it, as many people as possibly can come. Lord, it's a great time, and uh, it's not just so much that it's a great time. It's the time that we get to spend together as family. We get to talk, hang out, play games, maybe go fishing, do whatever. It's just a time to relax and learn more about you and each other. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would guide us, guide people to that, Lord, and uh, help us to uh, have it organized and done well and be with our speaker that's going to be there. And, uh, Lord, we just trust you. And I pray for the rest of this service, as I said before, I pray that you'd empty every one of themselves and fill them with you, God, so, as I said before, they would be able to hear your words and not just hear your words, but have the words take plant in their heart and in my heart, too. It's in Jesus' precious name I pray, and everyone says... Amen. Thank you for praying with me. Um, I don't know if you do it, but sometimes when somebody else is praying out loud, I pray, you know, silently to myself along with them. So it's just something I do uh, just because uh, it's, you know, talking to God saying, hey, you know what, I need something or whatever it is. Um, because we all need to prayer. We all need to do prayer. And it's a good thing that uh, to practice. It's a good thing to do. And I know a lot of people aren't comfortable praying out loud in front of people. So it's not too, it's not too hard to pray to yourself and pray quietly. Um, so today is going to be something called, it's, it's going to kind of finish up a sort of series that I was doing. I was doing a series on Romans. Uh, we, finished, we finished Romans actually back in July. We should have. And I think what we're going to do is I haven't told anybody else this yet, but this morning I decided to do 1 Corinthians. So we're going to just jump right from Romans, even though I didn't finish Romans because I wasn't, you know, all the things happening in here. I knew it on Sunday mornings. But 1 Corinthians comes right on the heels of Romans, and it's a great book. So there's 1 and 2 Corinthians. And so we'll get that, uh, that reading chart out to you, or that reading schedule, as soon as we can. And, uh, and it's going to begin, and then Sunday nights will begin again on uh, September 4th. Yep, September 4th. And yes, I know that's Labor Day weekend, but um, we're just going to jump right into it. So hopefully we'll have a lot of people here uh, that want to come to it, and we're going to start doing 1 Corinthians. We're going to start reading through 1 Corinthians so uh, together and studying it, and we're going to go verse by verse in that, well, 
chapter by chapter, I should say. Because we went verse by verse, we'd probably never get through it. I, at least I wouldn't. So that's where we're going to be. And so today we're in Romans. So if you can open your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Just have your Bibles there open in 12 because you're going to... I have some scripture that I'm going to read, but it's not going to be up on the screen. It's just going to be in front of you. So open it to uh, Hebrews chapter 12. And I'll, I'm sorry, not Hebrews, Romans chapter 12. Hebrews is on my brain because I was just reading that just before I came up here. And there I just looked at it again. So Romans chapter 12. Romans. R-O-M-A-N-S. Romans. <laughs> so Romans 12. And it's the, we're going to get into that in just a second. But you know, we've been talking about the different things, the, th- the problem of sin, why sin is so bad, and, and how we can be saved from sin. You know, how sin is one of those things that just wrecks us. It gets a hold of us, and we were rescued, you know, like someone would come and save us from it. And we've talked about pursuing righteousness or going after righteousness, finding it, you know. And then today, and then last week I talked about how God chooses us in a sense that we're fortunate enough that God took time and he chose you. He wants you specifically and literally. It wasn't some random thing. And then today I'm going to talk about a living sacrifice. And that's, that kind of sounds a little weird, doesn't it? Because when you talk about sacrifice, what is a sacrifice? Usually something has to die, like you give up something, right? And, 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 and sometimes in, the, in this case, we're talking about a, a living sacrifice. You, you give up your, yourself and all, all, your, all your well-being or whatever to be there for Christ. But it's not as bad as that sounds, but it's hard to do. It's hard to live, be a living sacrifice because when sacrifices in the Old Testament or throughout the Bible talked about usually by animals, usually like animals that they would sacrifice, and that's what, uh, what they did. And so these people understood what sacrifice meant. They understood what it meant to be a sacrifice, but not necessarily a living sacrifice. They knew what it meant to take something and offer it to God on behalf, on their behalf. They understood that. They know what it was like, and they know that God commanded it um, before Jesus. But living, living sacrificially is a hard, hard thing. And when you give up, when sacrificially means you give up something, like I was just saying, it's important because, we need, because when we learn about sin, redemption, and righteousness, we're left, we're left to ask ourselves, okay, now what? Now what, God? What am I supposed to do now? What further, what further things do I have to do? And the answer, like I said, is be a living sacrifice. If you look in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, it says, uh, talks about the, about the bloodiness. Of, it was a bloody place for sacrifices. The Old Testament is filled with animal sacrifices. And verse 22 says, in fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So we already had this, this idea already. They already knew about it. They already knew that blood was, was necessary for the forgiveness of sin, for forgiveness and the shedding of blood. And so that's why we know that Christ is the one who took care of that. Now, of course, this was before Jesus came. Jesus wasn't on the planet at this point. And so we see that. So it, it, it explains some more. From there, and it says in verse 24, yeah, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24, it says, For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, and now to appear before for us in God's presence, nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world, but he has appeared once. For all the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. That's a pretty big deal because there's some people that feel like you have to keep bringing this back up and you have to continually pray and sacrifice and all of these things for he should be 
but he died once and for all, for all of us. He died once and for all. And so I hope you caught that. I hope you caught the fact that it was once and for all. And this is on the basis of what Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, which is going to be kind of our, our theme, but I'm going to read a little bit longer. This is just the very precipice of it, the very beginning. And it starts out, says, Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, and this is your true and spiritual act of worship. Some say this is your true and proper act of worship. Another one says this is your true and rational service. Some different versions say that. But it is a, it's one of those things that it all comes together. What does it mean to be a living sacrifice? Now, it doesn't mean that we owe Jesus anything. You know, we don't live a sacrifice to pay back Jesus for what he did for us. Does that make sense to any of you? There's some people that believe that you have to, you have to work to get your salvation. There's people that say, there's, the, there's, there's the, theologies out there that say you have to do good things to be able to get to heaven. Well, we can't do enough good things. Only Jesus could do the best and good thing. Only Jesus. And so it's, that's the only sacrifice that matters for us after Jesus came. He sacrificed himself because we can't do it ourselves. And so if you, if you see the difference, Jesus sacrificed himself and then was raised from the dead three days later. But when we were asked to be a living sacrifice, to continue living sacrificially in, in front of other people, but not just in front of people, as a spiritual act of worship. You see, it's, it's one of those things that you talk about it, and you think about it for a moment, saying that, all, that everyone in Christ has to live a sacrifice, sacrificial life. It's, it's the actual spiritual worship, the actual thing that we should be doing. And it makes sense. But what does that mean? So we're going to kind of go through that a little bit. My message isn't super long today, but it does kind of touch on all of that. Uh, and, it, you know, I want to touch about what does a sac life of sacrifice look like? What does it look like, a life of sacrifice? Now, I, I, I've tried to think about this a lot. I've tried to do these things, and I've, you know, but I'm not perfect at this either. Because sometimes you just don't want to live that way, do you? Sometimes we just think selfishly, I don't care today. I just want to do what I want to do. And sometimes that can be, well, not sometimes, that's always kind of destructive in, in, some, in our lives when all we do is think about number one. How many of you have heard that you need to take, out for, take, take care of number one because nobody else will? You ever heard that before? Take care, take care of you and nobody else? That's not true. You need to take care of other people. You need to take care of yourself, of course, but you also need to make sure that you're there for others. See, Christ died for all, for all people. And so with us, with the understanding that we need to give that li our lives to Jesus and live for him. As I said, it's not that we owe him anything. So what does it look like? So if you open your, hopefully you have your Bibles already open to chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, there should be some in front of you in the pew. Those are New, uh, New King James, I believe. And, um, but I'm going to be reading from the uh, NIV, the NIV 84, just specifically. But uh, they don't have that online. You can't just copy and paste that anymore. So, um, But I have it right here. So I didn't put it up on the screen because it was so much. So we're going to start in verse, verse 9. Chapter 12, verse 9 says this. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, 
Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. And bless those who persecute you. And bless, the, and bless, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Verse 19 says, Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now that gives us a really general idea of what sacrificial living is. It's giving, your, giving up of yourself, of your time, of who you are for other people. It's living a life in union with people. It's living a life with people no matter what they do to you or say about you or anything else. Even if nothing's even ever said, sometimes we beat ourselves up to our own selves. But it's living in, in, a, in a such a way that people, that you live in peace with people. That's, that's a, a concept that's pretty foreign to a lot of people nowadays. A peaceful life. It's kind of hard to come by, isn't it? We uh, have such a crazy lifestyle out there. We uh, can't settle down. We can't stop. As things have gone on, we've gotten faster and faster and not slowed down and taking our time. Now we, instead of, uh, you know, I used to call it microwave, microwave living, that's even more than that. It's a, a instant, instant oatmeal. No, I don't know what it is, but it's pretty fast. Like, you don't even have to think about it, and you have it. Do you ever, you ever watch Back to the Future? And then Back to the Future 2, when they had the rehydrated pizza? It made it really fast. Anyway, yeah, that's what it was. So anyway, I didn't know if you saw that before or not. But not endorsing it, but it's a great movie. But anyhow, I got off track. Let me get back to where I was at. Doesn't take much, does it? So, you know, as we read that, there's also another passage that I'd like to read to you about living a sacrificial life, about what it means to be sac living in sacrifice. Uh, but one thing I wanted to highlight before I moved on from chapter 12 is uh, where it says, the Lord says in the, to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. You know, if he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And I think that those words should ring in all of our ears. They really should. Because it's one of those things that, you know, you see like some great stories about how people have stepped up and done things to, you know, did, refuse to be mean to somebody who was mean to them or refuse to, to repay them with evil, something that was done to them. And most of the time when they're asked, why did you do that? A lot of times you find out those people were spiritual people. They are people who followed the Lord. They were people who who were in the Bible, they were people who had some kind of spiritual part of their life. They loved Jesus, a lot of them. But I'm not saying you have to be, love Jesus to, to be somebody who would, you know, be nice to somebody else, but this goes beyond that. It's, it's living a life of humility. It's living a life of no matter what happens to me, I care about other people first. Uh, if you're a family, if you have a family, if you're a husband or a wife or a mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or whatever, aunt and uncle, you understand what it means to love somebody more than yourself. Amen. Right? Do you know what I mean by that? I would do anything for my kids. I would do anything for my wife. I would do anything just about for my family, you know, even to the point of, like, having to protect them and defend them. And I would die for them. Would you die for your family? Yeah, I would too. 
But what about those people who you don't even know? Are you willing to die for them? And that's where the, that's where the catch comes. Because we need to be willing to die for, for anyone. Because, you know, Jesus modeled it for us. But when I say willing to die, I mean die but live. You don't actually, because when you die, when you die, what happens? You're dead. You're done. Nothing else happens. But when you have to live a sacrificial, sacrificial life, it means you have to keep going and living stronger for Jesus and showing it. So I would love it if you could open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to be back to, if you want to keep your finger in Romans 12, because I'll be bouncing back there. And we're going to be all over the Bible today. Um, but Ephesians chapter 4. I'll wait for a few moments while you guys get there. It's a couple of, couple of books back. It's another book written by the Apostle Paul. We're at, now going to be reading, you know, as you start reading from Romans all the way through, there's many of the, many of the books were written by the Apostle Paul. And so he wrote most of the New Testament, believe it or not. That's pretty crazy for a guy who was somebody that would, was out there to kill Christians and to kill people who believed in Jesus. And then God got a hold of him and his life completely changed. So Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 3 says this. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing, one another, bearing with one another in love. And this is really good, this last part. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That's another, just a shorter way of talking about how to be sac- live a sacrificial life. It's not easy. It's just not easy. It's one of those things that you may have noticed that Paul urges. He says, I, I urge you. Or another, one, another way to say it may, might be, I exhort you. I ask you, like, passionately, I urge you to live this life before people, to live this life as a, as a sacrificial life. He urges them to live in humility and gentleness, peace, long-suffering, and unity. Do you know how great this world would be if everybody would live like that? How fantastic would this world be? But what's the reality? They don't, do they? It's just, it's not, it's hard to find. It's hard to find somebody who's truly humble. It's kind of a weird say, oh, you say, hey, I'm humble. And, and when you're saying that, you're kind of like, are you humble? <laughs> you know, I'm humble. Look how humble I am. At that point, you're not really being all that humble. Humility is one of those things that you just live a life and it's how it is. Somebody else might say it about you. And being gentle to other people is something that is, is a beautiful thing. It's something that should require, requires us to, to again, take ourselves out of the equation and lead the other person in. So the first thing that we need to do, though, and this is obvious, I've said it a couple times, is we need to lose our life. We need to lose our life. It can't be all about us. It can't be all about what we want. It can't be all about what we need. It can't be any of that. Um, I don't remember who it was, but earlier this week, I think it was this week, someone was sharing with me about how God gives everything to people that they need and saying stuff like that. And, and then we were like, no, it's really not quite like that. God will give us what we need, but he won't give you what you desire all the time. But he'll give you what you do need. And he talked about, you know, why do we worry so much? I know it was. I know who it was now. Why do we worry so much about the, uh, about the birds? Why aren't we thinking about, like, the birds? Because God gives the birds everything they need, Right? And God gives the animals everything they need, and they don't worry about it. And so we tend to worry about all those things, and that causes us to think about our lives only. We don't think about other people. But what about your next-door neighbor who you know has been out of work for, let's say, a month? That's a pretty tough situation if you've ever been in that before. Maybe you could uh, go over, and maybe you could 
I don't know, stay with them or, you know, talk to them or bring them food every night for dinner. You know, make a little bit extra of your dinner and take that over. You know, that's kind of living a sacrificial life, especially nowadays when they talk about inflation and how a gallon of milk is, Lord of mercy, it's pretty expensive now. You know, a used car is outrageous now. A car, period, has always been outrageous, but a used car, especially now. And so they're talking, so when we're talking about living our lives, nothing hits us closer to our hearts than our wallet for some reason. When we have to sacrifice our giving, when we have to give, not just give stuff, but give that might affect us financially, that kind of hits some people in a different way. It what? It does cost to breathe. That's true. Let me read to you from Matthew chapter 10, verses 38 and 39. And this is talking about Jesus talking about living a sacrificial life in a way that he, I don't know if you remember or realize, but he died on a cross. You guys know that? That's why we have crosses up here, and usually Christians have crosses on their necks or whatever, to remind them of what it took for Jesus to sacrifice himself for us. But that cross is a, is a burden. That cross is, 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 was difficult to carry. Literally, figure, not just figuratively, figuratively, literally, when Jesus carried the cross to his, his death, it was really heavy, and he had to get help. But this is what he says in verse 38, chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10, verse 38. He says, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And he says, whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. In other words, what he's saying is if you, when you start thinking on the positive side, when you start thinking about, I'm going to do all that I can for other people all the time, for everyone else around me, for, not just for my family, not just those people that I care and love about, but for everyone, that means that I've found my life. I mean, that, that means that I'm giving up of my life that I have for other people. And it's a tall order, and it's hard to explain even with it coming out of my mouth right now, I'm going, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. How do you explain that? It's just one of those things as a follower of Jesus Christ that we live our lives and we take up his cross. Take up our cross, I mean, not his cross. Take up our cross so we can follow exactly what he did. He led us to the place of sacrificial living. He asked us what to do. He showed us what to do, and it's very, very difficult for some of us. But it's really not if your heart's in the, in the right place. But as I said, sometimes we don't want to live like that. So as we follow Christ, take up our lives, take up our cross, and give up our lives. And if we're faithful to do just that, then Jesus said we will find life. That's the meaning of life. I don't personally know very many millionaires. And if I do know them, they didn't tell me they were a millionaire. Right? But I've, billionaires, I mean million dollars is like a thousand dollars or something nowadays, but, but not really, but it's still a lot of money. But I've, I've heard of people that have a lot of money, and, and we always think, man, if they've got money, they've got it figured out. They, their life is just perfect, right? Come to find out, it's the complete opposite. They, they're very lonely people, many of them. Um, not all people who have that kind of money are lonely, but what I'm trying to say is when it's, all they care about is trying to keep that million dollars and keep adding to it, it becomes a very long and exaggerated life of just caring about finances and the things in your life. Yes, sir.
That's true. As far as what you're saying about money and stuff like that, if you just rely on God, no matter how scared you are or what you're going through, if you just say, hey, God, you know, I give it all to you, and you put all your trust and all your weight in it, God will always take care of you no matter what. It doesn't matter if you don't have nothing in the bank today or tomorrow, the next month or whatever. God is going to find a way, and he's going to show you that he's good. Yeah. He will provide. Um, he, amen. Thank you. That's a great testimony. You didn't even come up here, and it's a great testimony. No, no, no. It's fine. I, uh, he reminds me, yeah, you guys can platform. I really appreciate that because, and it's not all about finances, by the way. Finances is just something that hits people really hard. But it's also living for other people is difficult. Living for someone you don't, you know, doing something for someone else you don't even know is, is like not, a, is just crazy sometimes. It's what people think. Even saying this, to live a sacrificial life, people are like, those Christians are nuts. No, it's called living for Jesus. And, you know, this passage, it's a reminder that we need to live a life of sacrifice in response to the sacrifice of Christ. Christ did it first. And then he came back and he lived and he continued to show that life of sacrifice. You know, another way of saying is that I can't have it both ways or kind of the other way, which I never understood and I finally understood it, I guess, maybe. I, can have my, I can't have my cake and eat it too. You get what I mean? You can't have my cake. If you want your cake, you can't eat it too, so... Kind of a weird way to put it. I was like, well, how come you can't have your cake and eat it too? But uh, I guess you can have part of your cake and eat it too. But anyway, you need to be able to give up of something, you know? And so it's just one of those things that I guess I can't say it enough. If we have both, if we have the ways, if we have the ways of the world in our heart, we'll choose the wrong way every time. But if we have the Lord in our heart, we'll jump in with both feet and we're ready to go. But it's not always that easy, is it? So the amazing thing about living for Christ and forsaking the world is that as you follow him, you're going to truly find life. That life that a lot of people are searching for. Do you know anyone that asks, what's the meaning of life? Has anybody ever asked that to you? Yeah, me too. It's living for the Lord. It's living a life that's pleasing before God. I know it sounds crazy, but you've got to lose your life to find it. That's how it works. You become a new creation. No, sorry, you become a new creation with a new eternal destination. A new creation with a new destination. Not just a new destination, an eternal destination. Right? And so the last, the second part, I only had two points to this today, and you're all probably thinking, oh, thank you, Lord. Um, the second part is a new creation. I never get through my whole message. I have to, like, chop it up and take bits and pieces. It says, uh, you know, go ahead and open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. While you're getting there, I'm going to talk for a little minute, for a minute or two. 
So, you know, it's hard to be a faithful follower of Christ sometimes. It really is. And I've got to say that the payoff at the end far exceeds anything that you might get as far as financially on this world, in this world. Because you can't, you ever heard you can't take it with you? You can't take it with you at all. Matter of fact, if you keep, if you try and do that, when you leave it behind, or your kids are going to fight for it. <laughs> so, uh, I think I'll just have mine buried with me in my casket. Or no, you guys are supposed to laugh at that, but that's okay. You're still not laughing. Anyway, but it's one of those things that, you know, living a life of sacrifice, a sacrificial life, also means that you become a new creation. It means that you're, you're thinking differently. A new creation means a different thing altogether. You've been remade. You've been renewed. And it's a lot like a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. You know, they, they go in there and they make that cocoon and then they make the changes and all of a sudden they come out this beautiful butterfly. You know, God is wanting us to be, he's, make, he's the one who makes us a beautiful butterfly. God doesn't make junk. I just read that in my devotionals from a, I had written that down in a devotional sometime or another, uh, and I just read it again yesterday. And God doesn't make junk. You're not junk. You're beautiful. You're beautiful in God's eyes. And so is everyone else. So Christ is in the business of unimaginable transformation. So if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creature has come. I'm sorry, the new creation has come. And the old has gone. The new is here. And we should all jump up right at that point and say, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Because you are a new creation in Christ. Those old ways of life melt away. Now, you're probably thinking, well, I, I don't know. I still think about the old ways of life. I've talked to you openly about how I was an alcoholic before I became a believer. Or, well, I, actually, while I was a believer, I think maybe even... Um, and all I cared about was that alcohol. All I cared about was where the next beer was going to come from, because that's what I drank. Um, and I told you that I had gotten into, I knew it was really bad when the day that I broke my kid's piggy bank to go buy beer. That was a pretty, pretty tough day to, to live through. I didn't care about it then because I was just wanting to get the alcohol, but as I thought back on it, I was very ashamed. You see, that's because all I was thinking about was what I wanted. And here's the deal. Today, nowadays... You guys know I love baseball. I like football, but I love baseball even more. There's beer commercials every other second during baseball. There's every second, and you see those, and, you go, and they, show, they always show it with this really nice tall bottle, really cold looking with the condensed water like draining down the side of it. You're like, oh, that looks good. But for me, I, I can't touch that. Not saying anyone else can't. I got to stay away from it. I got to be very careful because it might be something that I fall back on. That's my old way of life. Now, that's not judgmental on anybody else. I'm talking about me alone. And I'm not saying that alcohol itself is an evil, but it can become an evil. But just like anything else can become an evil. Anything you, you put before the Lord, it can become evil. Uh, and I definitely put that not just before God, I put that before my family. And that's how, that's how living a life for yourself runs and rolls. But living a life sacrificially for your family, for others, is completely different. It's a way of saying goodbye to the old ways of life. I don't need that beer anymore. I don't need that. I don't need to self-medicate anymore. I don't need that. I don't need the alcohol. And then all of a sudden you find out you can start living a life when that new life takes place. And you start seeing things that you never saw before. You start experiencing things you never experienced before. 
but you always wanted to because now you're not living for you, you're living for others. You're saying goodbye to the old ways of life. The, the life you live in this world, when I say the world, I'm not talking about just the earth, I'm talking about the place that we live in right now, this reality that we live in. It, it becomes so much different. The, the, the life that you live in far exceeds anything else that you could even imagine. It's like, almost like an old dead tree falling into the forest floor, making room for new life to grow in, grow in its place. It has to happen. Living a life, living a redeemed life of sacrifice in the service of Christ, it's a gift. It's a gift. And might I say it's an honor to live for him? I, I, I count it as an honor. And I want you to think about this, why I said that. The God of this universe, who died for you and rose from the dead, has chosen you to serve with him or for him. He chose you, like I talked about last week. He chose you. That's an honor. That's an honor. Jesus, that's an honor, God. Thank you. That's an honor. So living a redeemed life of sacrifice in the service of Christ is a gift. It's an honor. And it's not always easy or, might I say, enjoyable. But it is truly fulfilling. It truly is. Um, I use a lot of different examples. But one of the things that I think is a good example, and uh, me and my daughter, Courtney, were talking about this yesterday, Friday. No, Friday, not yesterday. <clears throat> talking about uh, the homeless situation in California. She, she now lives in Fresno. We have homeless in our, in our town, too. You guys know that, right? We have quite a, quite a large population that people don't even realize. But they're the downcast. And my daughter's like this, that, and the other. And I'm like, you know, there's not really any good solution to it. Because it comes down to people and what they want. You see... I will give anything I can to, to a homeless person, but I won't give them cash. I'll give them food, and I'll give them something to help them to live. And I, I shouldn't say that. I have given cash before, too. And I went to go buy a lady's shoes one time at a, at a shoe store, and she's like, she was looking at this cheap pair of shoes. I'm like, yeah, I can afford that. She says, what were they called, Birkenstocks? She says, can you buy me Birkenstocks? I never even heard of Birkenstocks. I went over there and saw the price, and I about fell over. But you know what? I bought it for her anyway because I already committed to it. I could have said, no, you're going to take that cheapy pair right there. But you know what? I think it was 50 bucks or something. I don't even remember. That's how much I don't care. Because I don't remember how much it even was. But are you willing to give to people who aren't the, the cream of the crop, so to speak? Remember what Paul said back, back originally when I just read? He says, don't show favor to people. You know, don't be so disposi dispositioned that all you care about is people like you. Don't look down on people. Don't look down on people. And unfortunately, we look down on people because they find themselves homeless. And you know what? You know why they're homeless? And everybody goes, because they chose it. Not all of them chose it. Some of them ended up in it because of their addiction. Or various things. That's why I was trying to tell Courtney it's not a simple answer. Homelessness is a very complicated thing because it involves people and relationships and their lives. But I think we could solve it if we lived this life of, of sacrificial living for other people. We should, uh, instead of uh, being, oh man, how what are they going to do? We should build showers for them and have them portable showers out in the parking lot for them to come take showers. We feed them, we feed them once a week. Maybe we should feed them every day if we could do it. Hard enough to get it done one, once a week because people are like, well, I got something to do this Saturday. Um, 
so do, so do we. But sometimes it means sacrificially giving up that day. I know I'm like all around the all around it on it, but what I'm trying to say is sacrificial living is giving up to something, giving up something for someone else. And you don't even look back on it. You don't go, oh that and you don't go pat yourself on the back. You just move on. Living a redeemed life of sacrifice is a gift. So how about it? What might we we tend to hold back? So what might we be holding back from picking up our cross and following him? What's stopping you from living a life of sacrifice? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. What is it? Pride. Pride is a lot, has a lot to do with it, but I think it goes. Pride is one big one, but I think it goes. Uh, just well, I guess that would be pride, selfishness, thinking about you. But what is it? Is it? Are is it? Are you thinking right now? Well, I just can't do that because I can't. Whatever. I need to be able to do whatever. It's it's a fill in the blank. I don't even have the good examples for you. So if you're already a believer, and, but you're still keeping one foot in the world and the other foot in faith, I urge you, as the Apostle Paul said, consider trading it all in and becoming a living sacrifice. Consider trading everything in and putting both feet in, by faith in with Christ, and he'll provide. But you don't do it because you want him to provide. You do it because you trust him that he will provide. He may not give you... Um, the, the biggest and most expensive car. But it'll give you something. He may not even give you a car. He may just give you people that can give you rides everywhere you need to go. Sometimes we don't even get that. Sometimes he gives us a bike to ride. Whatever it is, he could provide, and it's not always what we might think it is. It's not always easy, as I said. It's all about your spiritual worship. That's what this is. When you do something for someone else, guess what you're doing? You guys, can you think about it, what it would be? You are worshiping our creator. When you do something for someone else, it's a spiritual act, spiritual act of worship. And no, it's not just singing. Singing isn't only worship. Sir?
wrote that down, slowly learning. We need to learn to live like that. We need to learn to live for Christ. We need to learn to live, and, and, and it's a model for other people. But we don't do it because we want to receive. He, he doesn't do that. I want to say this real quick. Not every person, not every believer does this. Not every non-believer does the opposite either. There's a lot of good people out there that will give of themselves no matter who they are, no matter what they're doing. So it's not strictly a, a Christian thing, but it should be. I mean, it, a Christian, you should be able to know some, someone's a Christian or a follower of Jesus by how they act and how they sacrifice their life. So it's like this. It says, it's going way, way back to the book of Genesis, the Lord's heart for his creation. It says this, in Joel chapter 2, verse 12, says, Even now, declares the Lord, return with me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Let's return as, as believers, as the church. Let's turn our hearts back to him. Let's turn our hearts back to him fasting and weeping and mourning. Because this way, the humankind would willingly choose to return to him. Can I ask you something? And with closing it out, almost, almost done. What is the one thing that people would tell you they don't want anything to do with Christianity for? What would be one reason? What'd you say? Hypocrites. Other Christians, right? All the Christians I've met. That's why I don't want to be a Christian. Does that not make you ashamed? It makes me think about it all the time. Other Christians. Wow. We haven't done the greatest job. I think it's time the church returns and goes to fasting and weeping and mourning and lives sacrificially for four other people. So here's something we can do. Well, first I want you to say, Christ came, I want to tell you Christ came to this earth tempted by the same worldly ways that you and I are tempted by, but he didn't do any of it. He, didn't, he was tempted but never sinned. The humankind, uh, that's just, but we temp, we're tempted and we end up falling into it. Ultimately, he was nailed to a cross for our sins so that we could be transformed into walking and talking reflections of life, reflections of him. So this is some things that we can do. You can do this. You can identify the areas of sin in your life and distractions in your life. What are those things, if there is areas of sin I have and distractions in my life that cause me to turn away and not live for him. And how about this? Pursue righteousness, redemption, and reconciliation. Pursue his holiness. Pursue him. And then this is, this is what we just got done talking about. Offer yourself a living sacrifice day in or day out. Day in and day out. Romans chapter 16 says this, verse 26. But now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience Come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, I just want to thank you for this chance to serve you. I want to thank you for this chance to hear from you. And God, even as I was speaking the words, and some of it was just, I, I don't know. I, I pray, Father, that, that some of it fell on, on, on ears that wanted to hear it. God, I'm even convicted by hearing and, tech and when I'm talking about the things that I talk about because I'm not perfect either. And Lord, the only perfect person was your son, Jesus. He modeled for us what it is to live a life of sacrifice. It's essentially thinking about the person. He says, love, he, when he was asked one time about faith, he said, love the, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Love others as yourself. That's the greatest commandment. Love God 
and love others. Father, I pray that you would help me to remember how to do that, to do that on a regular basis. I pray that you would help everyone in here, listening in, in person and online, and who may hear later. God, may we love you first and love others too. May we love and lead all people we come in contact with to Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you for everything you've given to each and every one of us, even for those things that you didn't give to us because we didn't need them. Thank you, God, for providing. Thank you, God, for giving us this building to meet in. Thank you, for, thank you God, for giving us the air conditioning to sit in to hear your word preached. Thank you, God, for the life that you've given me, the life that you've given everyone in this room. Lord, may those lives that we have be marked by a sacrificial living, a life for other people. May we be known as that person who loves others more than themselves. This is only possible with you, Jesus. For it's in Jesus' precious name I pray and we all say, Amen. We invite you to stand with us. Hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest strength, but only trust in Jesus' name. My hope is built. built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only trust in Jesus' name. In Christ alone. Christ alone. Lord of all 
some books on a, on a cart out here as you walk out, books and some things. They were given to us from somebody who in our church that uh, had passed away a little while ago. And if you want one, just grab a book on your way out. Grab a couple of books. Grab whatever it is that you want, okay? So let's pray together and then you guys uh, will have a good day, hopefully. Father, I just want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for all that you've done for each and every one of us. Get us home safely. And uh, Lord, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for another day of life. In Jesus' precious name I pray and we all say, Amen. amen.